and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast. This is episode 22, and it is airing at the beginning of August. So I think of August as the month of Sundays, because every day feels like a Sunday, because we're nearing the beginning of the school year, getting ready for that first day. This year, I start teaching at the very end of August, and my kids don't begin school until after Labor Day, which I really prefer because that end of August, early September time definitely feels like a bonus. So today I'm going to recap some of what I learned from the reading that I did this summer on reading comprehension and the benefits of stories for children, for classrooms and for families. Then I'm going to talk about gearing up for the new school year. And finally, I have a great book recommendation for kids who are still learning to read those emerging readers, but want to do more reading independently. So let's dive right in. All right, the first topic is the power of stories. This summer, I read a few books about stories. These books were aimed at teachers. So first, I read The Gift of Story by John Chu, who was a guest previously on the podcast. I read The Art of Comprehension by Trevor Bryan. And I also read Story, Still the Heart of Literacy Learning by Katie Egan Cunningham. In each of these books, I noticed that the idea of connection came up in different ways, but it came up in each of the books. Each of these authors discussed how we can connect through stories because stories are really what help us learn more about ourselves and others. And I've been thinking a lot about this with my own kids and also the students who are in my classes. Because the books that I choose to share with them, both my kids and my students, really does matter. And the better I know my students and the better I'm aware of what my own kids are interested in, the better I can match them with books that they will really enjoy. In John Shue's book, he really argues for connecting through books. This is a theme throughout the entire book. And one of my favorite lines from his book is that he writes that reading is a workout for your imagination. I really love this idea, and I think it would be beneficial for students to think about reading from that point of view. Rather than feeling like reading is a chore, it can be viewed as an act to benefit your imagination and to strengthen your imagination. And I thought that was just a great and such a positive way of looking at reading. After reading these books, I have three strategies that I can share from what I learned. The first one, be mindful about the books you're reading with kids. So think about the books you're choosing to read either to your own children at home or to the kids who are in your classroom. Think about why you're reading that book. So for example, is it a book that the kids would be interested in? 
Is it a book that might inspire them? Is it a funny book that you think they will enjoy? It's really easy to passively pick up a book and start reading it with a class or with your kids before bedtime. But time is really fleeting and we don't want to waste it. If the goal is to get kids interested in reading, then we as teachers and parents have to be more mindful about the books that we read with them. So this is a time when I think of the quote by Gretchen Rubin, the days are long, but the years are short. So really think about the books you're reading with your kids or with your class of students and think about if it's a book that you really want to share with them. Okay, the next strategy, book talks. Get kids talking about what they are reading. Or if you're reading a book to them, have them share their thoughts and reactions. And this was, again, a thread throughout each of these books about story. The more you can get your kids talking about books, the more engaged they will be in reading. So this doesn't need to take a long time. It can be pretty quick. So kids can answer just a couple of questions. Some examples of questions you can ask them are, what are you reading now? What do you like about that book? This is one of my favorite questions. What books are you loving and why do you love those books? So this can be quick and it can even be done just once a week, either at home or in the classroom. But the point of the book talks of this exercise is to get kids talking about the books, get them interacting with one another. So if you are a parent and you want to try this with your kids at home, you can ask these questions in the car or when you're driving with your kids, when you're driving around with your kids, or you can even do this at dinner time. And it's a, just a quick check-in to see what they're liking about what they're reading. I realized that I'm guilty of not doing this enough with my kids. So I took a walk with my older daughter the other night, and she was telling me about the Boxcar Children series. And I asked her, I said, when did you happen to read the Boxcar Children? And she shared with me that she had been reading it during second grade. She'd actually read a good number of the book series, which I didn't know. And she said that she would, when there was time in between lessons, if she had finished the work earlier, she was able to read those books. And she would just read them quietly at her desk while she waited for the next lesson to begin. And I just hadn't asked enough what books she was liking that she was reading at school. The books didn't come home with her. So I had absolutely no idea she was reading these. So just something fun you can do to see what the kids are reading and get them talking about what they're reading. When I did go on that walk with her, she shared a lot about what she had learned from reading that, that series. Okay, so the final strategy I have to try out is this idea of what is the mood? I thought this was really clever. Trevor Bryan made a great argument about focusing on the mood when reading books and paying attention to the mood changes, both in the illustrations and in the written words. This can happen once in the book where the mood shifts, or it can actually happen many times when reading a book. For example, I was reading one of the Itty Bitty Princess Kitty books with my six-year-old. She really loves this series, and the latest book recently came out, and I had grabbed it for her, so we were reading it. And as we were reading, she actually noticed how the character Itty was happy at the beginning of the book, but then shortly after was confused because there was a problem that came up. Later in the book, Itty was nervous. 
And at the end, she was happy. So while we were reading, we were able to follow the moods of the character, which actually did really help with her understanding of the book. And I thought this was just a great way to look at comprehension from the moods. Little side note, you can also use the moods with kids when you're teaching them writing. We can talk about that another time. All right. Before we move on from stories, I want to end with a quote from Kate DiCamillo. She's the author of the book Because of Winn-Dixie, one of my very favorites, as well as many other books. I picked something up and in the article she was quoted and she shared that story is what makes us human. Stories are important. And as you're selecting books for your kids this upcoming school year, really think about what are the stories you are sharing from the books that you're selecting and how can we help kids connect with these stories? I thought that was something really nice to think about as we're entering into this new school year. All right. So the next part of today's episode is gearing up for the new school year. So this time of the year is always bittersweet for me. I really do love the summer months and the more relaxed schedules. The kids can stay up a little bit later. They can sleep in a little bit later. But I do enjoy getting into the school routine as well as adding a little bit more structure to my days. So I've spoken to some parents lately who August is is approaching and they want their kids to get back into the routine of reading and writing before the school year begins. And they asked for a few suggestions. So I put a few together. My advice, get kids back into the habit of doing some reading and writing, but there's no need to go overboard. They will get there once the school year begins and once that structured schedule begins. So you don't have to have them write essays and they don't need to be reading for hours and hours each day. Just a little bit to get them back into the habit. So let's start with reading. The first tip I have, set aside time for your child to read each day. If you want your child to do some reading independently before school begins, to get back into that habit and routine, I really find that it's best to decide on a time or about a time frame in the day when this will happen. I recommend not doing this right before bed if you want your kids to do the reading, because they're tired and they may not be as focused on the reading. My older daughter really likes to read first thing in the morning when she wakes up. This works really well for her. She gets up, she grabs her book and hops back into bed before I even know that she's up. I have my younger daughter read right after eating breakfast. So she needs more support from me She and I need to be with her so that I can support her with decoding any words that are tricky. And it works well that it happens right after breakfast before the day begins. The system seems to work because it happens in the morning and then I don't have to worry about reading with her later in the day when all sorts of things can pop up. So really find a time of the day that works best for you and your kids. All right, tip two, make sure kids have books that they will enjoy reading. I know I've said this a lot this summer. I've said it a lot in this episode. But kids really do enjoy reading about topics and stories that they enjoy. If your child likes sports, it's the summertime. Find books about sports for him or her to read. My younger daughter loves animals. 
And that's one reason I've been reading The Adventures of Sophie Mouse books, that series of books with her, and also the Itty Bitty Princess Kitty book series with her. She likes the books, she likes the stories, and she's more engaged in reading them. All right. Tip number three, read to your kids. Even if they're reading independently on their own, doesn't matter how old they are, you can still read to them. One of my very favorite memories from school when I was young was my fifth grade teacher reading to us. She exposed us to so many different chapter books that I never would have selected on my own. And to her, it didn't matter that we could read. She wanted to share different books and stories with us every day. So my recommendation is read with your kids. For me, this works really well at night before bed. I find it challenging to actually sit and read with them during the day. So before bed works best for this type of reading. Okay, let's move on to writing. What can you do for writing before the school year begins? My first suggestion, have your kids write in a journal or a diary. So I took my kids for a walk after dinner a few weeks ago, and we ran into a family who lives down the block. The oldest child in that family wanted to get inside for the bedtime routine because she writes in her journal each night. And it would seem to be part of her bedtime routine, one that she didn't want to miss. I thought this was great. And it's a great idea to have kids just jot down a little bit about their day in some type of notebook. It's low stakes and it's fun. The kids can recap their day. They can write about their day. They can talk about something they enjoyed, something that made them annoyed. And you don't need to read this. If your child wants, he or she can share it with you, but there's no need to read what they wrote in their journal. That's just for them. Okay. Just to get back in the habit of writing, again, keeping the stakes low, have your child write lists for you. If you need to go to the grocery store or you need to go to Target, have them make the list out. Again, this is really low stakes. It's just to get your child back into writing. You can have them try to spell the words and you can help them sound out the words if they're having a little bit of trouble when they're writing the words on the list. All right. So I'm curious, what ideas do you have for getting your kids back into the habit of reading and writing before the school year begins? So feel free to share these with me and I can definitely relay them back because we can all learn from each other and get different strategies from one another. All right. The last part of this episode is a book recommendation. So this is a book series that I think is great for emerging readers or children who are still learning to read. I actually just wrote a blog post about this book series because I just loved it so much. And it's the Pizza and Taco book series. And it's a graphic novel. I was in Barnes and Noble in July, in mid-July, and this particular Barnes and Noble had a huge children's book section. It was great. And I was actually looking for the Babysitter's Club books for my older daughter when I saw this series, and I thought it looked great for my six-year-old, and I thought she'd enjoy it. So I picked up one of the books for her, and she loved it. She's actually able to read it on her own. First of all, the book's divided up into chapters, which is very motivating for her. And she's able to read it on her own, which has really helped her confidence as a reader. And 
What I really love about graphic novels is that they support kids' vocabulary development and their reading comprehension. And I've definitely seen this with my daughter. In the first book of this series, they're talking, there are words such as a ballot and voting, and they're trying to figure out who is the best so you can make some predictions about what's going to happen when other characters such as hamburger and hot dog are added into the mix. So there's a lot that you can talk about with this series. And the author, Stephen Shaxkin, has a really fun website with book trailers for the kids to learn about the books. And these were really fun. And they're a great pitch for the kids to read the book. So my daughters were really into these book trailers. So you could go to the book trailer first on the website and then start reading the book, which is great. I really recommend this series. It's a great book to try out if you have a child who's in those emerging in that emerging reading phase. It's a great option that's really funny and super engaging. So check that out. All right. Before we end, we're going to end on a positive note. And I'm going to segue a little bit and What's going really well right now for me is teaching my own kids to plan, particularly my older daughter. So I love to plan. I do a lot of planning. It might go with being a teacher. My older daughter is entering third grade, and I really felt it was necessary for her to use a planner before going into third grade. And I actually reached out to Sarah Hart Unger, who hosts the Best Laid Plans podcast, and I asked her for suggestions for planners that work well for kids, particularly younger kids like my daughter's age. She gave me a few suggestions, and I showed them to my daughter. She picked out the Erin Condren Academic Planner, and when we put it together, we decided that she should have it begin in August so that it would give her a month to learn how to use this. So I just started teaching her how to use it so that she can plan when she has homework and tests and also include her after school activities. And it's been great to see her use this and try it out and start to take a little bit more ownership of her schedule. So that's been going really well for me. And it's also showing another way for her to read. So now she has to read the calendars and read the weekly layouts, which has been interesting as well. Okay, so that is it for this episode. I hope I shared something about stories or getting ready for the school year or the pizza and taco book series that's helpful as we begin this new school year. So I'll be back in two weeks. And again, you can find me over at Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life or check out my blog at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Enjoy these last few weeks of summer. See you in two weeks. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.